Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Wednesday, February 13th, 2008. I've been taking a little break. Just a lot of stuff going on, uh, you know, but after the holidays, it seemed that every time I went to record an episode, something would come up to stop me. Nothing stopping me this morning. So, uh, all kinds of stuff to talk about, everything from big deals, such as the writer strike finally ending, uh, to uh, Gary Coleman getting married. Yeah, Gary Coleman got married August, uh, sometime in August, anyway. And the reason I ascribe any significance to this is because he got married in the uh, Valley of Fire in um, Nevada, which is where I got married in August as well. So, there you go. Something I have in common with uh, with Mr. Gary Coleman. Uh, he married uh, his, uh, so his wife, Shannon Price, uh, age 22 um gary coleman just turned 40 this past week uh they met on the uh set of a movie called church ball and uh she anyway that coleman insists that the 18 years between them means nothing um even though uh his wife had no idea who he was when they first met last year he says i don't have issues with age i have issues with intelligence and she's more intelligent than i am and that was what matters to me uh, but uh, his new bride did tell People Magazine that she knows she has a testing time ahead of her as the temperamental actor's young bride. She says he lets his anger conquer him sometime, and he throws things around, and sometimes he throws it in my direction. I don't like the, val- the violence. Yeah, it sounds like that's going to last, doesn't it? Um, anyway, the writer's strike, finally, finally over. Um, on Friday, the um, AMPTP, uh, which is the Mo- uh, Motion Pictures Alliance, and Motion Picture and Television Producers Alliance, uh, finally came back to the table and said that they had an offer. Um, certainly after the debacle that was the uh, Golden Globes this year, where everything just kind of got read at a press conference. Um, and, and here was the interesting thing. Uh, there was actually a feed on, on CNN uh, where on Larry King's show, where basically you were just watching them read the names off, and you you could hear uh, you know Larry King chime in every now and then, where and, and it was like you were sitting there watching the uh, the the Golden Globe press conference with Larry King, and he's like, oh, I really expected that to go to so and so, and just bizarre. Anyway. Um, so as such, uh, they, they you know they were really worried about the Oscars because. You know, if if there's any if there's anyone that's go the, the any show that's going to make a big deal um, to the AMPTP, it's going to be the Oscars. It's you know basically the second highest rated um, uh, second highest rated TV event uh, next to the Super Bowl, and it, losing it was something that I don't think they really wanted to do. They certainly didn't want to see it go to the uh, to the the press conference route. Um, so I, I think this motivated them to uh, to get things done. Uh, the Directors Guild had also already signed their deal, and they got some of the things that the Writers Guild wanted. So it gave them uh, really sort of a place to start having some informal discussions about what to do. Um, anyway, the 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 offer came in on uh, on on Friday, and uh, first needed to be ratified by the uh, Writers Guild's leadership, and then basically they let the writers vote. And uh, so here's here's some of the highlights of the deal. Um, you end up with uh, with a contract that basically is set to expire on May eleventh or May first, two thousand eleven, and that kind of synchronizes with the, uh, the with the likely Screen Actors Guild and the announced Directors Guild expiration of June thirtieth, two thousand eleven. Again, that puts them actually closer together, which will increase negotiating leverage because basically then you end up with a um, a two 
a two-tiered uh, um, or a two-pronged attack uh, essentially because now you can end up with the threat of a two guild strike so it's again going to motivate them to uh, to to settle sooner um, although it does eliminate the opportunity and maybe this was wise to easily destroy any tv season or awards shows because uh, you're dealing with that summer time frame and i think that's just the smarter idea anyway um, anyway uh, what happened uh, so th- they they upped some of the minimum uh, the minimum levels, um, you know, the minimum c- uh, compensation levels. And, um, sorry, I lost my page there. Uh, so it increased by about 3.5% or 3% per year under the proposed deal, similar to what uh, the DGA increases were. The big deal was that they got the new media jurisdiction. So if, uh, if a professional writer writes original programming for new media, such as, you know, the internet or, uh, or mobile phone episodes, the work will be covered by the Guild Agreement, even if the budget levels for the programming are low. And there's an equivalent to this in the DGA deal as well. So, it, it, for example, uh, derivative programming for new media. So that's uh, that's like do, um, doing uh, web webisodes of The Office or mobisodes of of Lost. These are going to be covered regardless of, of budget level because the original programming is covered and above certain budget levels. So this is all the same as what's going on in the in the DGA deal. But they do get that jurisdiction, which is great. Um, so, made for new media compensation for derivative works. It's re- relatively low compensation minimums on a per minute basis, with a floor of two minutes compensation. It's it's still better than than you know not getting paid for it, um, but not quite what they were going for. And this was an issue that a lot of uh, a lot of writers had with the deal. And you know, looking at some of the uh, uh, the blog entries on Deadline Hollywood Daily uh, from from writers who were out on the picket line saying that you know what, this isn't what we wanted. We wanted we wanted more than this. I think you know because they haven't been writing for a little while. They forgot to check their uh, their dictionary and see what the word negotiation means. So you know, part of the idea is you don't get everything you go to the table with, and sometimes you go with the table to the table with a whole bunch of things, but really you just want one or two of them. And you know, I mean, there's got to be some give and take here, and and I think that you know they've they've managed to to hammer out a pretty decent deal because they are getting some compensation for this stuff, and you know, this is really what what kind of goes on with uh, with a lot of these things. You go back to uh, to the '50s when they first got the the idea of residuals, you know, and and that sort of opened the door to a lot of good things, and you know, they've got some jurisdiction there, they've got a foot in the door on this stuff, and and actually, it's it's pretty decent compensation for it especially when you consider you know where it didn't work uh, you know or what, what they weren't getting before and uh, and some of the stuff where well we're just not going to put credits on it and that'll be okay anyway so that covers some of the stuff that to do with new media there's there, there are going to be residuals involved um, you know thinking of things where the internet's used to create a backdoor pilot and, and an example is NBC's upcoming uh, quarter life is it NBC I don't know Quarter life, anyway, is is kind of covered under that. Um, so, basically, when new media programs run in new media for over thirteen weeks with ad supported streaming, or twenty six weeks with user paid such as iTunes downloads, then residuals are payable. And one of the big issues actually is that window, um, and uh, and the fact that the residuals don't start until then because before that it's considered promotional. And I don't I don't know um, I I don't know how fair that is. Um, uh, you know, 
that, that, that window just seems kind of kind of strange and it seems uh, kind of lengthy because a lot of these things you know flare up pretty quickly and burn out pretty quickly so hopefully that doesn't end up uh, being a, a real a real problem with it and I'll bet that the future negotiations um, you know in, in the next three years whatever end up looking to try and take that window down a bit and uh, so that's going to be sort of a big um, a big sticking point in, con- in future contracts is how can we lower that window so it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, a lot of these uh, these residuals are based on distributors' growth, so so that makes a big deal as well because uh, it, it just it just makes sure that that there's less of the manipulations that studios are famous for. You know, everyone knows the story of Buck of Art Buckwald uh, when he tried to sue over uh, the movie Coming to America, and uh, you know he was supposed to get you know this kind of percentage, and it was like, oh yeah, but you know the movie hasn't made a profit. And, uh, you know, if you do enough creative accounting, sure, it didn't make a profit at all. So, anyway, I'm not going to go into any more details of that because, you know, it's kind of a yawn. Um, and you, you can go to the, uh, the WGA website and, uh, and take a look at it if you're really, if you're really interested in it. But what, what it comes down to is the members of the Writers Guild voted to end the writer's strike and uh, means that they can get back to writing. Uh, 92.5% of WGA members approved the measure, 3,492 said yay, and 283 voted against pulling the plug on the strike. Um, That's still considerably less than the overall um, membership, you know, when you're talking about over 10,000 writers, and you got maybe uh, 3,600 that came in. Now, admittedly, it's a a field in which half, you know, more than half the membership um, is unemployed at a given time, but still. You know, it looks like voter apathy extends far beyond just uh, just electoral results. So, uh, Patrick Verone, uh, president of the WGA West, said the strike is over. Our membership has voted and writers can go back to work. He says it wasn't a strike that we wanted, but one we had to conduct in order to win jurisdiction and establish appropriate residuals for writing in new media and on the internet. Those advances now give us a foothold in the digital age. Rather than being, than being shut out of the future of content creation and delivery, writers will lead the way as TV migrates to the internet and platforms for new media are developed. So, yeah, so the, basically, they are still sending out separate contract ratification ballots to really sort of nail down the official terms and the official approval. They have voted to end the strike, but they have not voted to uh, to fully agree to all of the terms of the contract. So uh, basically, they're going to be sending out their contract ratification ballots, and members have until February 25th to cast their votes uh, on that. And then basically, then they can sign the contract and move forward. Um, so you look at Things like, uh, for example, Letterman or Ferguson, they, you know, they got, uh, they managed to get uh, writers back. Worldwide Pants made a deal with the Guild, sort of a side deal. And and what this meant was that here's what we'll give you in the meantime, but basically when it comes down to an, an agreement is is made, then we go, we operate under under those terms. So that's basically uh, what went on. Um, Saturday Night Live is going to be coming back in uh, Feb- on February 23rd, which is great because, you know, no SNL during an election year just seems wrong. And here's the really good news. Ellen Page from Juno uh, is, uh, is the host of the first new episode, uh, and I think that's great because loving Ellen Page right now. Uh, you know, I've seen Juno a couple of times now, and, and there's definitely a reason why this was one of my favorite movies of last year. Um, so with the strike ending, that means that... TV production gets back in, into gear, and lights, camera, action, etc., etc. So basically, um, Writers Guild members planning a return to work 
on Wednesday. That's today, and uh, they're going to get moving on stuff. Um, we'll, it will be all hands on deck for the writing staff, says Chris Mundy, co-executive producer of the CBS drama Criminal Minds. Actual production, of course, won't begin until scripts have been completed, and that could take a little while. So don't look at, you know, hey, that means next week TV's going to be awesome again. No, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait until they actually get time to get caught up. And, uh, you know, they are going to be getting some, some production done as soon as possible. Um, Carlton Cuse uh, from Lost spoke to Michael Asiello from TV Guide yesterday, uh, saying that uh, basically between, they've got the nine ep- or the eight episodes that are running right now. Uh, the third one airs tomorrow. And um, they, they basically think that they're going to be able to have new episodes ready to wear four weeks after that, after the current eight uh, run out, and we'll get another seven or no sorry another five yeah it'll take us to to 13 episodes total for the season um there may be three three additional ones that we'll we'll get sort of later down the road because they were looking at doing these 16 episode seasons and uh but what they've what they've done is they've figured out you know where where do we need to hit by the end of this season let's get ourselves there and then and then worry about uh filling out the rest of the episode orders uh as as we get to that time other shows like heroes uh chuck life a a, a variety of them um are actually going to just wait until next season and uh, not go into production uh, for the remainder of this season but let's just you know just going to wrap it up uh, come back next season strong and so that's kind of the plan there Um, with regard to 24 uh, we're not going to be seeing any of that until 2009 certainly the show works best when it runs 24 episodes in a row and that's what's going to happen so that's the way they're going to go with it and we have to wait until January 2009 they had eight episodes uh, ready and um, and this is going to give them time to finish out the uh, the season and uh, we'll be able to see that uh, almost a year from now in fact a year from now I guess we'll be talking about sort of the third or fourth episode of the uh, of this of the new season yeah yeah, it, 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 they estimate that this this costs well over three billion dollars, um, and and the the impact on the uh, on the uh, on other industries, you know, say catering in uh, in California, certainly in in uh, Los Angeles and uh, and in New York, and that uh, you know, they, they, this affected a lot of people uh, outside of the writers. Um, the folks from uh, from the office actually put out. Um, uh, a note to to their their production staff saying that each of those members that were affected by the strike, you know, each of those non-writer members that were affected by the strike, uh, will each be seeing a, a, a check for a couple of grand, basically, as their way of saying thanks for supporting us, and um, and hopefully this helps. So that's kind of cool. Anyway, I do apologize for being away so long. Lots of stuff going on. Key amongst which is, hey, I'm going to be a dad come August. Pretty sweet. Anyway, that's all the time we got for today. So. Comments, as always, are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. And with a great thank you to Mr. Derek Coward of the Deliberate Noise Podcast, you can check out the forum at forum.poptopiapodcast.com. Have a fantastic week.